it is an amazing day to celebrate because we are celebrating each of you women and how God has a significant purpose that he is working in and now through your lives. And men, this is for all of us together this word today because God is calling us to come alive. Now at the Heart Conference, we had a message, it was called Come Alive. And on the closing night, we had a message about Ezekiel 37 and we just felt to take that word and dive deeper because we believe God is doing a reviving work and it's starting inside of each of us. That is revival as we come alive to the Spirit of God. So I want to introduce you to Ezekiel today and we're going to take a bit of a deep dive into one of the particular chapters that I would love to be able to just expand as we are together. Now, Ezekiel was a priest who had been living in Jerusalem. An entire book in the Old Testament in the Bible is about his messages and the visions he received from God for the people of Israel. Now, he was devoted to God and he was constantly urging the people of Israel to repent and to turn back to God. But due to the rebellion and sin, Jerusalem was attacked by the Babylonians and they were ruthless. Now, the city is demolished just like God had warned and the Babylonians did not only destroy Jerusalem, but they took the inhabitants of Jerusalem out of the pri as prisoners out of the ruins and Ezekiel the priest is one of them. So the book of Ezekiel picks up five years after the capture. Now that is a long time. Sometimes we read the scriptures, we can go verse by verse, chapter by chapter and miss those crazy wait and seasons in between each of those lines. Five years can feel so long and especially Ezekiel here is a prisoner and it's a pretty hopeless state. So we pick up the, the story of Ezekiel as a prisoner sitting on the bank near his refugee camp and it's around his 30th birthday. Now this would have been a year, a very significant year because Ezekiel would have been installed as a priest in the temple. So you can imagine his outdoor, outside situation is terrible but inside this dream and desire, it must have been so devastating for Ezekiel. He's in a foreign land, destitute, all dreams are dead, and God shows up. God shows up for he wants to be known. Church, God wants you to know his heart for you. God shows up when we least expect it, for God often comes in unexpected times, in unexpected places, in unexpected ways. Now this is a start of a series of visions that Ezekiel has as God reveals his plan and his glory to Ezekiel. Ezekiel is met here in Babylon by God, which is one of the most unlikely places for God to show up because it is so wicked. But God reveals himself here to Ezekiel to show him that he has gone with Ezekiel and with the people of Israel. Although Israel is facing dire consequences because of their idolatry and rebellion and walking through physical judgment, God brings a message of hope and restoration. He has not left Israel and he has not left Ezekiel and church, God has not left you. Say, God is with me. Yes. yes, amen. What hope. 
Throughout the book of Ezekiel, God's messages and visions are recorded. And as we round chapter 34, God reveals the visions of hope that he has in store for them and how his spirit is going to bring new life. And this sets up a chapter I absolutely love, Ezekiel chapter 37, the valley of dry bones. Now, in Ezekiel 37, Ezekiel has remarkable prophetic vision. In a split second, the spiritual realm opens up and Ezekiel gets front row seats on God revealing what he is about to do. He sees a valley and it's full of bones. It's not literally a valley of bones, but a vision. A vision where Ezekiel sees symbolically through these bones what Israel's spiritual state is due to their great sin and being in exile. It has resulted in death physically, emotionally, and spiritually. God is going to do a supernatural miracle, and that is Israel's only hope. God is going to show Ezekiel how he's going to do this through the vision of what he is going to do spiritually in the lives of Israel. We will see a new act of creation. In this destitute time, God is about to show Ezekiel that he is going to spiritually remake humans, where they can live in an intimate relationship with him and with one another. Now, the valley of bones is truly in a valley of death. The bones were in the midst of a valley, and the Bible speaks of valleys of being a place of darkness and depression. These bones were in a deep, dark, depressed place. And the floor of the valley was so dense that with human bones that it's described as being full. Ezekiel sees all these bones around and notes in scripture, it was not just a valley of bones, it was a valley full of dry, very, very dry bones. For these bones are not only dead, they've been dead a long time. They've been dead for so long, they are all dried up. When something has been dead for so long, we do give up hope that it will ever live again. And how many of us have been in that type of a season, or presently are in a season where something has been dead for so long and dried up, perhaps it's a dream, a relationship, or a deep desire. God wants to infuse fresh hope in you today. Now, the bones in this valley in Ezekiel have been washed by the rains, bleached by the sun, and these baked and very dry bones were also scattered all over the valley. I mean, that's as hopeless as it gets. So Ezekiel stands here, looks at this impossible sight, and his heart must have dropped when God placed him here in this valley. I could imagine this was not the vision he would have wanted. And I wonder if he was thinking, I don't know why I am here, but there is no hope or life in this valley. But here he is, in this valley of dry bones. God has taken Ezekiel to a place of impossibility and has allowed him to observe the situation. Ezekiel has a divine appointment at this moment with God, for God is about to do something that would defy all human reasoning. The valley of dry bones is about to teach us that. There is no place too hard for God to revive when he is in it. Amen. There is no place too hard for God to revive when he is in it. 
Now God tells Ezekiel what to do. Only God could raise up these bones and only God had the solution. However, God invites Ezekiel to be part of the miracle and to be obedient to his command. On the surface, this vision that God gives Ezekiel does not make sense. And Ezekiel stands and looks on and God begins to speak to Ezekiel and says, can these bones live? No one hopes that scattered, detached bones can live. Amazingly though, Ezekiel responds to God's question and says, oh Lord God, you alone know. Ezekiel had no hope in the bones, but he did have hope in God. How could Ezekiel expect something great to happen when there was no life in sight? This is a reminder that God is in control of every situation, no matter how dark, difficult, or impossible it may seem. Do we assume what God cannot do, or do we believe what God can do? You see, a faith that completely depends upon God begins to expect something great from God, but that miracle of faith starts inside of us. There may be some of you are praying for family members, friends, spouses, children to come to know Jesus. You may be praying for healing as we were talking about Edith. You may be praying for restoration. The situation doesn't look good right now. It may seem impossible. And you know what? The devil is going to prey on that and he is going to continue to lie to you, to tell you that they will never be saved. You'll never be healed. The relationship will never be restored. They're too dry. They're hearts are too hard. It's impossible. I want to make a note here. God asks Ezekiel, can these bones live? Church family, hear this with your heart. When God does the asking, this means he's about to do something. When God does the asking, it means he's about to do something. Our faith must rise to expect something great from God and trust the way he does what he does. It's both and. We must rise to have great faith in God and trust in trusting the way he does what he does. Just because God does not do something the way we wanted it does not mean that God is not working or doing the supernatural. God is an eternal God with an eternal perspective. God is always working, and we have the choice to see God at work, not just fix our mind on what we think needs to happen when and how. Now, Ezekiel did not presume to know what God wanted to do with the bones, but Ezekiel was confident that God knew. Are you confident today, church, to know that God knows how and what to do to handle your situation? Are we trusting him? This is an invitation of trust. Be encouraged. When God tells us he's going to do something, he will do it. The word which created the world out of nothing is the word that comes to us and creates faith and life inside of us. When God told Ezekiel to speak to those bones, God never promised Ezekiel that he would get a response from the bones. The only thing that Ezekiel knew is that he needed to obey, proclaim, and prophesy the words that God had told him to speak. And so, he proclaims the word that God tells him, and this is it, dry bones. Hear ye the word of the Lord. 
and God was going to do something. Ezekiel prophesies to these bones. And prophecy in Hebrew is nevah, which means to speak or sing under divine inspiration. Now prophecy can have two purposes, to foretell and to foretell. Now to foretell is to speak the truths of God for today, for the purpose of edification, encouragement, exhortation, alignment, correction, and comfort. Foretelling is predictive and describes something that will happen in the future. Here, God foretells and predicts something that will happen. In the previous verse, Ezekiel leaves the matter with God. However, God gives Ezekiel something to do. Yes, he does. God commands him to speak. There is power in the spoken word, in the word of God. Ezekiel is told to prophesy to the dry, dead, destitute bones. And he is in the midst, even though he doesn't know it yet, of an amazing and great revival. And see what happens next. This is incredible. Ezekiel obeys and prophesies and says to these bones, O dry bones, hear ye the word of the Lord. Surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. God promises to fill the dry bones with breath. God would make the once dead bones live again. And this is the work of revival. This is an incredible restoration of life from something that has been completely dead. And please note this, that this is God's declaration. This was the power of the word and breath of God. God tells Ezekiel that his spirit is coming to bring his people back to life, for the bones could never come to life on their own. Life is marked by breath, and God's breath would cause these bones to live again. Now, the ancient Hebrew word for breath is ruach, which combines breath and spirit as the same. God was giving here his ruach, his very breath, his very spirit, his life-giving breath that gives life. And as Ezekiel continues to prophesy to these bones, there was first a noise among the bones. There was a godly disturbance. I love that. There was a rattling. And I love how Ezekiel in this chapter draws the attention to the shaking and the rattling and the noises. It was a dramatic and epic scene. When God begins to move, there was no way for those bones to stay still. When God moves, the bones cannot help but move. When God restores, he puts everything together in their right aligned way and in order. And we are in a season of alignment. God is aligning our spirit to his word and truth, and we are coming into order under the spirit of God. So here in Ezekiel, there's first a rattling of the bones. Say rattling. Woo, a rattling of the bones. And then there's an assembling and a lining of the skeletons. Then the covering of sinews and tissues and flesh on the bones. Then the activity of the bodies as they begin to move. And finally, there's a waiting for the breath of God. It is a choice to see and watch what God is doing in the process. Church, don't miss the work of God in the process. These bodies looked like they were alive, but there was something missing. They had no breath in them. They needed the breath, the ruach of God to come into them. So Ezekiel is then told to now prophesy to the breath. Picture this. The valley is full of revived, newly created bodies, yet they lacked breath. 
So now Ezekiel is told to call upon the breath, the spirit, the breath of God. He declares the breath of God to come on all on whom the work of God had begun that they might live. And this is similar to what we read about the creation of humanity. God made humans out of dirt and divine breath. When God created man, he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Genesis 2-7. Ezekiel now prophesies for the work to be completed in these bones. As Ezekiel prophesies for breath to enter these bodies, guess what? They stood up on their feet, and in Hebrew, it says they jumped up on their feet. Then the bones full of activity, God raises them up to fully come alive. And church, God is calling us to come alive. Now, we're just going to take a little pause here, just for fun. When I was a kid, I loved candy, okay? I loved candy. Now, who's kidding? I, I still love candy. So, all of you received a pop rock when you came in, and if you want to just join with me and have a little bit of fun on this Mother's Day, I'm going to ask you to open up those pop rocks. If you don't have one, you can put your hand in the air, and an usher will find you. And why don't you just pour those babies into your mouth? Come on, let's make our mouths come alive. I'm speaking about coming alive, and I want you to come alive. Let it all come on. It's so yummy. You don't have to, but if you want to, it's super fun. I love it. I love it so much. I should have one up here. I don't have one. They're coming around. Keep your hands up. Put them in your mouth. So yummy. <laughs> this is a fun moment as a family. I love this. Oh, thanks, Noah. <laughs> I'll do these later. I'm going to keep these for later. I don't know if any of you have ever experienced these before. They are crazy. You are going to experience pop rocks. Woohoo! It rocks. Here we go. I love it. <laughs> I love, I wish I could see, you could see some of your faces. You're like, whoa. This is crazy. We're having pop rocks in church. Yes. Love it. So, so fun. We got to have fun too, don't we? We got to have some fun. See? I love it. Well, church, you can just let that keep going in your mouth. It's so fun. <laughs> well, God is bringing us to life. He sure is. Oh, I love it. So fun. Okay, well, God is bringing us to life. I know your mouths are alive too. But I want to just now circle down as we continue to dive in. That was just a little pause, just to give you a little break, just for a minute. As we're moving through the story, I love this because it gets better and better and better. God's breath has brought us alive. And we just also referenced God's breath filling mankind in Genesis at creation to come alive. And here in Ezekiel 37, we see it again in the vision that the breath of God causes these bones to live. This vision also prophetically foretells the ultimate fulfillment of the breath of God. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity to fully indwell us. After Jesus is raised from the dead and before he ascends to heaven, he tells the disciples to go and wait in the upper room. So after Jesus ascends to heaven, his followers wait in the upper room 
for he's going to send the helper, the spirit of truth, and the Holy Spirit. And then, as they were waiting, that day came. I want you to say, that day came. The day of Pentecost. And we read about this in Acts, where the Holy Spirit came to dwell within us. I love this portion of scripture. I'm going to read it today. Acts 2, 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, here's another suddenly, a noise like a violent rushing wind came from heaven, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And tongues that looked like fire appeared to them, distributing themselves, and a tongue rested on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with different tongues as the Spirit was giving them the ability to speak out. Now, as we continue in Ezekiel, the word of reviving the dry bones is completed when the breath of God comes. The breath of God causes these bodies to jump up on their feet. It goes on to say that the army, this army now stands. This one's destitute, dry, scattered bones is now an exceedingly great army filled with the breath of God. God not only assembles, aligns, raises, and breathes his spirit into them, God even goes one step further. God's breath gives them life and commissions them. You have been commissioned. You have a significant purpose. The bones were not revived to just be a group of spectators living in their own comfort. No, they had become an exceedingly great army that lived to act under the order of the one who gave them life. They are a strong, courageous, and very powerful army. And today I am looking out at a very strong, courageous, and powerful army. I am. Thank you, Jesus. Following this miracle, Ezekiel 37 verse 14 goes on to say that God will promise, has promised them to not only restore them as a people, but to also bring them back into their very own land. The revival of Israel included restoration for their people and a restoration of the inheritance of their land. God continually reveals that his great work and heart for his people has promises after promises after promises. And I want to encourage you and take a side note just for a moment. God has and is doing a great work in your life. His heart is for you. However, God has a timetable. We started this chapter with bones, the valley of dry bones, symbolizing the state of Israel. Did God forget about Israel? No. No. But God's timing is perfect, and his ways are not our ways. God prophesies in this chapter that he's going to plant Israel in their own land. And this seems like the most opposite of times to be receiving a promise like this. Their city is conquered. It's in absolute ruins. They're hopeless. They're prisoners. And God is promising that they are going to have their own land. Well, this was prophesied by God to Ezekiel somewhere between 573 and 593 BC, which is a long time ago. This prophecy had moments of fulfillment in history when for a time they regained their land only to have it defeated and conquered again. However, do you know what happened in May 14th, 1948? Israel was declared to be what? 
its own land, its own state, its own country. God fulfilled his word. Today, you may be holding onto a vision, a scripture, a word, or a promise that God has, been give, has given you, and you are holding onto it. And you may be in a season where it feels like the opposite of that word is taking place. Can I encourage you? God has not forgotten. God keeps his promises. God's timing is perfect. Perhaps today you need to experience a personal revival for God's breath, his life-giving spirit to come into you fresh today, a fresh touch to come alive. Perhaps today you need a fresh reminder of your significance and to take an obedient step and walk in your commissioning and be engaged as part of God's spiritual army and to come alive to your purpose. And for some of you, perhaps you've never taken the step to follow Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And this is a moment where you are coming alive into true resurrection in your spirit to accept him as your Lord and Savior. God is here and he wants to give us today a fresh infilling and touch of his spirit. Even as God was able to bring to life the valley of dry bones, today, church, believe that he is able to bring fresh life into the dry, lifeless spaces inside of you. Ask him to revive you with new life and fresh power from his spirit today. No matter how dry, how hopeless, how abandoned you may feel, come alive to know that God has not left you, he loves you, and he sees you. He is able, and he desires to lead you through and out of the valley into resurrection of hope and life. Today, ask and receive the breath of God. Come alive as you receive fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit, as you invite God's Spirit to touch that part of your heart for his spirit will transform will redeem will restore and will revive you god has given us his very word and his presence he is going to move us right now in this moment for some of you especially in these spaces from the temporal to lay hold of an eternal perspective i want you to take a moment all of us together we all need a fresh touch of God. We all have places in our spirit that are dry, that are weary, that perhaps are even dead, that Holy Spirit wants to touch today fresh. And so I just want you to take a moment and just think of what is an area in my heart, in my life and spirit that is dry? What is your bone in the valley? Take a moment and think about that. What is your bone in the valley? Where do you need specifically a fresh touch from God? Perhaps it's a situation, a diagnosis, a deep desire, salvation of a loved one, restoration of a relationship, a deep fear. Perhaps it's a dream. Perhaps it's even God shaking you out of your comfort zone and getting passionate for Jesus again. What is that bone in your valley that you need a fresh touch of God to realign and awaken you to come alive? We wanna move and respond today in the opposite spirit, to move from death to life, to move from fear to faith, and to move from disappointment to declaration. I want you to name that bone, and this is what I want you to encourage you to do. Perhaps it's a salvation 
of a child, I want you to say this. I am believing for my child to come alive in Jesus. Perhaps it's a healing you need in your body. I want you to say in your spirit, I am believing for healing and health to come alive in my body. Perhaps it's your, you don't feel significant. Perhaps you just feel like you're losing purpose. Maybe today you're gonna say, I am believing for my God-given significance to come alive inside of me. Perhaps you're so discouraged and you just feel a little lost. You can say, I am believing for my heart to come alive in encouragement and new life in Jesus. Whatever it may be, you can fill in that blank. Ezekiel 37 are not just words on a page. The scripture is meant to be activated. God's word is his word filled with his spirit and his word is living and active. Now, as you've identified that dry bone in the valley, and as you've declared what you are asking the spirit to do and standing in a place of declaration, I'm gonna ask you to do something in just a moment, physically, as a place of saying, I am believing and standing in faith for this. And I'm believing for something to break open in the heavens over my life, over that family member, over my diagnosis, whatever it may be, whatever that is in your own life personally. I am going to read Ezekiel 37, one to 14 over you. And when it gets to the moment when it talks about the army jumping on their feet, standing to their feet, you are going to stand in faith. And that moment of standing in faith is not just emotionalism. This is a spiritually standing, coming alive, and aligning ourselves to the eternal perspective that God is working, and he is doing something, and we're not just gonna be stagnant about it. We're gonna stand into it and take a step and lay hold of the eternal perspective. Now, as I read this scripture, I want you to know I've made it a little bit dramatic because I have some sound effects. I want you to feel it. I want you to experience it. This is scripture coming alive. The word of God is the most incredible gift that we have, and it is alive. And so we're going to read the scripture with life. But I will tell you, I'll give you a warning when it's time to stand, okay? Are we ready to just take in the holy, sovereign, and sacred word of God and to align to it? So here we go. Ezekiel 37, 1 to 14. The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. And then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you. I will cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message just as he told me. And suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. And then I watched. Muscles and flesh formed over the bodies. Then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. 
And then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the wind, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds, breathe into these dead bodies so that they may live again. And so I spoke the message as he commanded me. Are you ready, church family? Here we go. And breath came into their bodies and they all came to life and stood up on their feet. An exceedingly great army. Then you will know that I am the Lord who has spoken and I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. Amen. Let's give a praise for him. Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. He is able. He is able. Now, as you are on your feet, I want you to remain on your feet because this has been a really beautiful moment together. Very, very beautiful, spiritually symbolic as you have declared and stood on your feet in faith and received what God has for you in this season to come alive. We have some mothers in this house representing powerful women here that want to speak a word of blessing over you. And they want to seal the work of God, what he's done today. For some of you, this has been, this is going to be transformative. You're going to be able to mark today a difference moving forward. That something over the atmosphere has changed in your life. You won't be able to put your finger on it, but you say, something happened that day. I feel different. I'm looking at things different. Things are just feeling different in my spirit because something that was dead came to life and broke in the name of Jesus. And so these beautiful women want to take a moment and they're going to sing a song over you, a blessing, a favor, a blessing of God's grace. For some of you who may not have a mom, maybe your mom has passed away. Perhaps you have a broken relationship with your mom or you don't know your mother. These women today are going to stand in the gap in that space over you and you are going to receive a mother's blessing today. This is not just a song. This is a prayer. This is just a covering over you, like a seal over your life. And so would you raise your hands like this in a place of posturing for receiving? And these women are just going to sing this blessing as a prayer to seal what God is doing. He is good. He who's begun a good work is faithful to complete it. Amen.